Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. You can get all of my stories at trib.com. Follow me on Twitter at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. Robert Gagliardi, how are you doing? Hope you had a good bye week. I guess we call it an open date in journalism. There's no such thing as a bye. Um, how was your week? It was a it was a good week. Uh, kept busy, but a uh, little odd not having a a, a a Wyoming game going on to follow. But uh, it, it was nice, uh, relaxing, and uh, now just back in the in the <clears throat> in the swing of things, in the groove of things, and this stretch run for the Cowboys coming up. It should be it should be very interesting. I think. Yeah, homecoming this weekend. Wyoming hosting Utah State. Of course, uh, from the wild winter that we had, it's homecoming for Levi Williams, the former Wyoming quarterback, is now at Utah State. Wyoming has Andrew Peasley, formerly the Aggies' backup, as their starter. You know, I'm not sure we're going to get that storyline for sure. I watched, uh, you know, Utah State's Colorado win at Colorado State. You know, obviously, uh, Logan Bonner went down earlier in the year with a season-ending injury. Uh, Cooper Lega was playing really well against BYU and Air Force. He goes down with a concussion on a cheap shot by a Colorado State defensive player. Inner one Levi Williams, who you know had a chance to play in the his former Border War rival, and and he was you know scampering down the field, twenty five yard run, and really looked like a pretty nasty ankle or heel injury, whatever they're calling it. So he's questionable as well. And that leaves Bishop Davenport, a true freshman, came in and, and ran for a touchdown. And despite being on QB4, uh, the Aggies beat Colorado State last weekend in Fort Collins. They've won two Mountain West games in a row. These teams are tied at 2-1 and one in conference play. And really, this is a, a make-or-break game for both teams as far as staying in that race. You know, no, no doubt, Ryan. And, you know, again, I know, you know, we're probably not going to get a clear answer of what, who we're going to see at quarterback for Utah State. But, you know, Ryan, I mean, obviously this is, you know, the Aggies are the defending, you know, conference champions and obviously a, a tough start losing Bonner, but then the backup comes in and you just got the feeling or maybe got somewhat of a sense that the Aggies were starting to kind of get it figured out, maybe. You know, and but it, to me, it says a lot about what Utah State did. And I know Colorado State, we've talked a lot about its struggles, but to go on the road and to win a road game with your number four quarterback going into the season, you know, I know, you know, Bishop Davenport maybe didn't do a ton of stuff to help him win the game, but he didn't do a ton to lose him, lose that game either. You know, there's still some pretty good players on that roster. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying Utah State now is the automatic favorite or, or that, you know, but. I, I get a sense, Ryan, they're kind of starting to get it figured out, even with all the adversity they're having at quarterback. And so it'll be interesting if 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 the true backup is back after that concussion, then you know Utah State's looking looking pretty good because you like you said he's shown he's shown some stuff. Um, but on the other side, I'm sure Andrew Peasley wants to show some stuff. I mean, that's that's his former team. I know. Read your stuff, Ryan Blake Anderson had nothing but really great things to say about Peasley. He said he cried you know, when Peasley decided to leave, you know, and so, but I'm sure there's motivation there. You know, Wyoming went there and arguably maybe played its best game of the season last season at Utah State and trucked the Aggies. So there's that, you know, it's homecoming, you know, like you said, Ryan, both teams at two and one still in position to win this division. There's a lot on the line for both teams. So 
there's I don't know what storyline we're going to get from this game, but there's certainly a lot to choose from, I think. Yeah, uh, I talked to Peasley this week. I asked him, you know, given that, you know, the reason you left was you wanted to be the starter uh, and Bonner was coming back. So it was kind of a no brainer there with all of Bonner's experience and his tie to, to Blake Anderson from Arkansas State. But I said now that Bonner's out and all these other guys are out any regrets because you would be the starter, you know, if you were healthy there. And he said, absolutely not. You know, he made the right decision. He's been Wyoming's guy since fall camp, probably since the spring. And, you know, he grew up in Eastern Oregon and in the grand, just kind of a rancher type community. I think he, I think he feels like he's a better fit in Laramie than in Logan. You know, he's more of a, a cowboy type guy, maybe more of a, a beer drinking guy at times than, than you see in Logan. So, you know, and I think Levi Williams with just his background, you know, he's very into faith and, and his fiance is a volleyball player at Utah state. I think they both made, you know, obviously they made, especially in Peasley's case, a business decision like, okay, Wyoming needs a quarterback. Uh, I'm going to go start there. You know, I'm going to win them over and win that job. But I think they both also made, you know, kind of lifestyle choices and or maybe are better fits where they are now. Uh, it would be fun if they both played, you know, just listening into to Blake Anderson's press conference on Monday. It sounds like, you know, you never know with concussion protocol. You know, I think Wyoming's defensive staff is kind of bracing for Laga, and he's a, a really good player to get out of that protocol and be the guy uh, just just listening to Blake, it sounds like he's really questionable about either him or Williams being available and that, uh, you know, Bishop is going to get a lot of uh, first team reps this week. So uh, that'll be interesting. I would expect the Aggies to try to run the ball a lot. You know, uh, they did a good job of that last year until they fell behind and the game was out of reach. And uh, no matter which of those three quarterbacks is in there, uh, you'll see them running the ball as well, unlike Bonner. Yeah, and then, you know, what, you know, I guess for obviously the big question for Wyoming and Wyoming fans is what are we going to see from the Cowboys? You know, I think we talked last week, Ryan, it was a much-needed buy. Probably couldn't have, maybe could have come a little sooner, but they they needed it. Uh, hopefully they're getting healthy. I know you mentioned this week, you know, good bow. It's not going to play. They're still going to be down some guys, but hopefully they're recharged, refreshed a little bit. You know, will they – Will they show, you know, bring the juice as we kind of hear in this day and age, you know, coming, you know, for this stretch run? Will there be a little flat because it's they had some time off? It's a late start. You know, what's what's going to happen? I, I You got to think the bye week's going to do them some good. But how does Wyoming respond to that? Because I just I think they need to respond very well. I think they need to come out, you know, fired up, so to speak, you know, and executed and looked refreshed, looked renewed. Um, the, this is a, this is a big stretch for them. They're all going to be bigger, you know, after this one, the next one's going to be just as bigger, bigger. So how does why, how did Wyoming use its bye week How is it going to respond off it? And, and, and what's, and what's going to happen? You know, I, I'm very curious to see sometimes that, you know, teams come off a little flat. Sometimes they come out even more charged up. You know, I just hope Wyoming, no matter what they're doing, they're not going to get caught up with who they may face at quarterback. It doesn't matter if it's like, ah, if it's Ponder, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, they're playing Utah state. So how do they respond to that and see if they can just keep this thing rolling, keeping the race in the mountain West in the, in the mountain division. Yeah. Gags. When I was covering the Denver Broncos, you know, I had a, an editor tell me, 
you know, because it's a daily grind of stories and just saturation coverage. He said, when in doubt, write about the quarterbacks. And obviously, Peasley is going to get a lot of attention this week because he's playing his former team. And there's that whole thing. But I think the whole key for Wyoming comes down to the offensive line, which will be without Emmanuel Pregnant again. Uh, you know, but Jack Walsh, they really like in there, you know, at left guard. So it's it's about the offensive line doing what they did last year for Titus Swin. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Titus Swin had a great game at Utah State. It was one of his coming out games. He played well against Colorado State as well. But they need vintage Titus Swin to win this game, I think. I think both sides, I think, are going to struggle a little bit in the passing game. You know, I really like Utah State's linebackers. They're outstanding. They still have a lot of dudes over there that won the Mountain West last year. You know, obviously they've had a rough start, you know, getting trucked by Alabama and then the disappointing loss to Weber State. And they were just searching for a month. And and like you said, I think they've found something now. Uh, you know, they beat Air Force. They beat Colorado State despite all the quarterback problems. So I think this is up to Titus Swin to have one of those 150-yard games two or three touchdown games. We haven't seen that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I talked to him this week as well. And, you know, he had the the rib injury in the opener. And, and this is the best he's felt by a mile since fall camp. So, you know, I think he's confident that matchup was great for Wyoming last year. We'll see what adjustments Utah State's defensive front makes. But uh, this needs to be Titus Swin uh, left, right, and up the middle. I, I agree, Ryan. You know, you mentioned the you know vintage Titus Swin, and so in your mind, seeing this team day in and day out, right, you know what's, what's happened? Has it been you know the injury slowed? It has it been sometimes the offensive line? I mean, it's not like Titus Swin's not been productive this year. He certainly has, but you're right; it's not like like you mentioned vintage Titus Swin. So in your mind, is it is it been the injuries? Has it been you know teams keying on him a little bit more? Is it you know in your mind where where of what what's the difference for you know a pretty productive Titus Swin? To get into the vintage Titus Swin, what in your mind? What 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 needs to happen, or what's been the difference so far? I think it's a combination of things. A lot of it is on Titus. Some of it is on the offensive line, and you know Illinois is the number one defense in the country. Uh, BYU, San Jose State have good fronts. I just think you know New Mexico even is pretty good defensively. So I, I just think. It's matchups and health and just not executing. And and if they want to be in this race, you know, Wyoming is what it is. They're a run first team and that makes it easier on Peasley. And that's what they need to get back to doing. And, you know, I know, you know, Wyoming fans would probably like to see Peasley play like the Tulsa game and have over 300 yards and some big touchdown passes. But this is a Mountain West game. These two teams know each other so well. It's going to be a grinder. We've seen a lot of them, and and uh, they're going to have to grind it out with a running game and play action passing. Well, you know, I, I agree, Ryan. I don't think I think if Wyoming Wyoming isn't built to be in a shootout with teams, I just don't I just don't think it is. And so I expect that. And and I think another thing that we may be interesting to watch, and maybe really in, in the rest of the games for Wyoming, we saw it against in the win against New Mexico and. In the win against Utah State last year, is special teams. I mean, Cam Stone had the kickoff return against Utah State last year. That was big, obviously, against New Mexico. The, you know, the, they blocked a field goal. Um, you know, they recovered. They got a turnover off a muff punt and stuff. I think, you know, I think that's another thing we got to watch, at least in this game. And, again, maybe in really the rest of the games for Wyoming is certainly don't lose the special teams part of the game, you know. 
you know, John Hoyland's been John Hoyland. He's been one of the better, best kickers in the country. That's great. But, you know, the punt game got winding out of some jams against New Mexico. They can get a big return of some sort to flip field position or, you know, a big play for a touchdown or, or, or whatever. I think, you know, again, that's going to be another big factor in this game. And, and again, maybe through the rest of the season is Wyoming special teams. As long as, you know, the offense is grinding stuff out, defense getting stops when it can, you know, Games like this can certainly hinge on, on a big special teams player, special teams gaff for that matter. All right, before we uh, pick this game, I want to give you some good news from your your open date. You were four and one picking Mountain West games last week. I was two and three. So we're getting there. Of course, for the season, I'm 1932 and two, which is pretty bad. And you are 23, 26. And two, which is only mediocre. So, congratulations. Hey, I never, I've never been more proud to be mediocre, especially after where we were at a few weeks ago. So, it's we're getting there, Ryan. You're right. It's not great by any stretch, but but getting there, we're getting now. We're now it's a stretch run for us. Let's see if we can finish this strong. All right, let's start in South Bend, Indiana. UNLV plus twenty-seven at Notre Dame, twelve thirty p.m. on the Peacock. I guess streaming, streaming. Notre Dame's usually on NBC, but I guess when they play UNLV, it's only streaming. Um, I'm going to take the Rebels. They're in a big slump, but I am not impressed with Notre Dame this year. They are not vintage Notre Dame. They are bad Notre Dame. They've already lost at home to Marshall and Stanford. And Stanford is one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. So, uh, I, I like the Rebels to cover, and even though Notre Dame is down, that would be a massive non-conference win for the Mountain West. I don't see that happening, but it, I like the Rebels to cover. Yeah, I'd like I'd feel better if if UNLV was healthy at, at quarterback, and I, I'd honestly I don't know if they are or not, but you know they got trucked at home against Air Force, so. I don't know. There's a part of me that just thinks I think Notre Dame will figure it out, but you know UNLV has shown some signs, so I'm going to go with you. I'm going to. I'm certainly not picking UNLV to win, but I'll take the. I'll take those points, and and the Rebels there. Yeah, I mean, 27 is a lot of points for a Notre Dame team that struggles to score. Now they did have a great game at North Carolina, which has a weak defense and looked unbeatable that night. But other than that, they've been very average. Um, Hawaii plus five at Colorado State. You know, Hawaii's coming off a win over Nevada. They're starting to play a little bit better. Their running back is is looking much better. Um, but they're getting five points at Colorado State. I think that's um, because Clay Millen might be back. He's a much more accurate passer than what CSU's had the last few weeks. Uh, freshman starter. I think that'll give them a little bit of a boost. Uh, I, th- I think I said I would never take the Rams again after what they've been doing lately, but I am going to take the Rams. It's just a, a long road trip for the Warriors. Certainly a winnable game for the Warriors, but I'll take the Rams to win and cover. You know, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, I think CSU starting to build a little bit of momentum now, whatever that means. You know, they get some guys back, but it does seem like they're losing, you know, a couple player, two, three players every week and from the portal and stuff. But I, you're right, Ryan. It's a long trip, but you know we've seen Hawaii teams come to Laramie on that long trip and play well. So I don't, you know, and they're used to all, all the travel. When I think CSU probably wins it, but if I'm giving, if if I'm basically getting given five and a half points, I don't think it's. I think it's going to be similar to the 
game against Nevada will be close. So I'll give me those five and a half points in, in Hawaii. You know, CSU maybe wins it and, you know, maybe like a field goal like last week, but I'm going to, I'll, I'll take those points in Hawaii in this one. All right. San Jose State coming off a really disappointing loss at Fresno State, you know, in a game in which Jake Hayner was not even playing. They are 21 and a half point favorites at New Mexico State. Uh, New Mexico State coming off a victory over rival New Mexico. Uh, Las Cruces seems to be a more difficult place to play lately than it has been, but uh, I'm going to go with the Spartans. They're just a much more talented team coming off a loss. I'm going to go with Sparty. Yeah, I th- I think they sh- they should bounce back, Ryan. You know, but you know, I think New Mexico State's getting better. But I think this is a this is not a payback for. New- I just think San Jose State bounces back and finds a way, and they'll they'll cover that. You know, I think Cordero will have a big game. You know, we you saw firsthand just how good that defense is for San Jose State. I think they get a little bit swagger back. I think New Mexico State's a little challenged on offense, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with San Jose State to cover that. All right, Fresno State minus ten and a half at New Mexico. The Bulldogs came up with that big win over the Spartans, and if you look at their schedule, it's very manageable. Despite a dreadful non-conference, the Bulldogs, especially if they get Hayner back, it. You know, this weekend or anytime soon, have a shot at going to the Mountain West Championship game. So uh, I'm going to take them to cover against the Lobos. I'm just, I just feel like the Lobos are leaking a lot of oil. And I wonder what Danny Gonzalez's future is. I think he's an, an alum, obviously. They're going to give him a long leash, but it's, it's, it's atrocious offensively. So uh, I'm going to go with, Flor- with uh, Fresno State. Yeah, I think Fresno's finding its way. And again, credit to Jeff Tedford and his staff of, you know, figuring out how to win games without its, you know, arguably one of the best players in the Mountain West and maybe one of the best quarterbacks in this part of the country. So, you know, New Mexico changed coordinate offensive coordinators after Wyoming beat it last couple, you know, after beat the Lobos a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure what that's going to do or if it makes a big difference. I, I think Danny Gonzalez is okay, but something's going to have to change. But there's just, there's only so much you can do. And I know, we talk week in and week out about how good Rocky Long's defense is, and they're good. I understand it, but Fresno State's just better, and uh, I'm I'm more convinced than after you know going in and beating a good San Jose State team with a backup quarterback. So I'm definitely taking the Bulldogs in this one. All right, San Diego State minus seven at Nevada. Two more teams that are struggling offensively. It's a big theme in the Mountain West this year. Um, these programs need to start recruiting quarterbacks you know, better or developing them. Um, I'm going to take the Aztecs to cover, even though they're one of the worst passing teams in the country. I just think Nevada is maybe the worst team, at least west of the Mississippi. Well, right now, you know, they're certainly showing that. And uh, yeah, you know what? The the the, the San Diego State quarterback, Brewmeister, who came from Virginia Tech, is now playing wide receiver. Um, I don't know who the heck their quarterback is now, but some young kid, I might even be a walk-on, I don't know. But still, we do know San Diego State can run it, and they still play pretty good defense, and that's way too – to me, that's too much for Nevada to overcome. So I'm taking the Aztecs as well. Yeah, that could be, uh, you know, 13-3, to but they cover. So right, going with the Aztecs there. This game should be really, really good, and it's obviously – critical in the race uh, Boise State plus three at Air Force uh, the Broncos are three and0 uh, in conference play Air Force 
bounced back from their loss at Utah State by, you know, rolling over UNLV in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm going to take the Broncos. I think it's an even matchup. They're getting the three points. They had an open date to prepare for the triple option. Um, they've struggled against Calhoun's option in recent years, but, you know, I think Andy Avalos in his second year back with the Broncos probably has some wrinkles there. And, and they're obviously, I think Boise state's found, you know, something at quarterback since Bachmeyer left and just leaning on the running game. So I'm going to go with the Broncos, uh, to pull the road upset, mild upset. Yeah, I certainly can see it, you know, but I think I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the Falcons in this one, um, home, um, you know, no matter what, Ryan, until and something and gets proven, the road through the at least the West Division is going to go through Boise. I mean, still, and even with Boise struggles, they're undefeated in the Mountain West right now. Um, but I'm going to go with Air Force at home. You know, um, I, I'm not really sure what you know what happened when they lost to. You know, well, we saw what what happened when Wyoming beat them, and then they lost. They lost at Utah State, but they're back home. I, I like. I just. I'm going to go with Air Force, and I'm going to go with the home team. Just simply put, I'm just going with the home team. And finally, Utah State plus four and a half at Wyoming. We've uh, kind of gone over uh, a lot of the matchups here. You know, it's for the uh, Jim Bridger rifle, one of the more unique trophies, I would say, in, in college football. Uh, Craig said they have it, you know, in a special case right now, trying to keep that thing. Uh, who do you see pointing that rifle after the game and posing? Oh man, I, Ryan, I don't know. There's something in my gut that you know. I think Wyoming's more capable of winning it. I, I, it's going to be close no matter what. Obviously, the point spread indicates that. But you know, I think you. I, there's a part of me that just thinks Utah State's is starting to figure it out, even with a backup quarterback. And I, you know, I know there's a lot of uncertainty who's going to play quarterback for this team. And as we're taping this, we're we're really not sure. But I'm assuming that the the true backup is going to play, and he they were playing some pretty good football with it. I still think Wyoming's kind of, you know, even with a bye week, they're a little bit on fumes a little bit. And, uh, you know, the Utah State has – you mentioned their linebackers. I think they got enough dudes to to make to, to make Wyoming one-dimensional. And we know I don't think Wyoming can beat anyone passing the ball too much. So I'm, I'm actually going to go – I'm going with the Aggies. You know, they're getting that many points. I'm taking, the, I'm taking those points. Not necessarily picking them out, but I'm taking those points. I'm going with the Aggies now. I think two weeks ago we, I went with the Lobos too in Wyoming once. So maybe you know, you know, down deep down, maybe you're seeing a little bit of method of my madness here. I don't know, but part of me figures like just gets a sense Utah State's starting to figure it out. So I'm going to go with the Aggies, begrudgingly, you know, reluctantly going with the Aggies in this one. All right, well, Craig Bull, cover your ears. I'm going to go with Wyoming. I just think uh, Utah State is kind of hitting the wall with these quarterback injuries. Wyoming needed that open date. I think they're fresh. And last year they matched up so well. You know, I don't know if that's still the case, but they just dominated Utah State. It was, I think they would have, you know, beat them seven out of 10 times last year if they would have played 10 times. They just matched up last year. I'm not saying they are going to dominate, but they're at home. Uh, you know, they're recharged a little bit. And, you know, I like Peasley to, you know, play a mistake-free game more so than, you know, some of these injured or young quarterbacks, whoever might start for Utah State. You know, I think Wyoming's pass rush is coming on a little bit, especially against bad quarterbacks like New Mexico's. So 
you know, even though I think Utah State will try to establish the run, if Wyoming can hold them there a little bit, put the, whoever the quarterback is under pressure, uh, even if that's Levi Williams, a motivated Levi Williams, uh, you know, even if a motivated Levi Williams comes in here to try to beat his former teammates, I don't think he's going to have a lot of mobility with that injury. So, uh, you know, I just like Wyoming to win this game and um, they will also be favored at Hawaii and at Colorado state. And it's time to take care of business against these bad teams and, and have a, have a say in who wins the mountain division. So I'm going to go with Wyoming to win and cover um, Robert. We would be remiss if we didn't talk some basketball, Wyoming basketball, you know, is nationally relevant. You would say they're getting votes in the preseason AP poll. The Mountain West media poll came out on Wednesday and it, it was almost exactly how I voted. It was San Diego State one, Wyoming two, Boise State three. That's how I voted. And I also voted Graham E.K. preseason player of the year, which he is. And I had the, uh, all Mountain West team, same guys I voted for were on it, including EK and Hunter Maldonado. When's the last time you were this excited about Wyoming basketball in October? Well, the last time I can remember, Ryan, was the year that, you know, when Wyoming went to the NCAA tournament in Albuquerque and beat Gonzaga, and then they, then they returned a bunch of those guys the next season, and it all almost kind of went down the drain. Not necessarily, I mean, they still had a good season, went to the NIT, but, you know, Marcus Bailey, Uche, and Sonu Mwadi came back, but at a tournament in uh, in the Great Alaska Shootout, Bailey and, and Uche both get hurt, and then you know later in the season Bailey blows his knee. But there was probably there was a lot of excitement for Wyoming basketball heading into that season, coming off that NCAA tournament team. To me, that's the last time there's been this much excitement, uh, you know, leading up to a season, and it's kind of a lot of the same things. You know, you come off an NCAA tournament appearance, you return a lot of those same guys, all a lot of that production. You know, I don't remember where Wyoming was picked. I know they were picked high, you know. So, you know, we're talking about 20 years, you know, since we were talking, since there's been this much excitement about Wyoming basketball at this time of year. I, you know, you've seen it too, Ryan. There's been times even during this football season when Wyoming was winning some football games, like when's basketball season start. I think Wyoming fans are always excited about basketball, but more so this year. And I, you know, so for me, it's been over, it's been about 20 years since there's been this much excitement leading up to a Cowboys season. Yeah, and for those of you listening to this, obviously you're uh, Wyoming sickos to listen to a podcast about Wyoming with us two rambling on. But <laughs> if you're that big of a fan, I highly encourage you to read my stories from last week on uh, EK and Maldonado and the three Pac-12 transfers. I mean, just read what they, their quotes, if nothing else. These guys are high-end players and high IQ players and – they're they're really excited about blending all this talent together. Uh, you know, Jeff Linder has said he's got eleven guys that have scored over ten points in Division One games. You know, we always forget to mention guys like Kenny Foster, who's a two-time Mountain West Player of the, of the Week, is now healthy. Hunter Thompson, you know, five six years ago was one of Wyoming's best players. Now he's deep deep on the bench. Uh, just that'll be really interesting during non-conference. How does Jeff Linder choose who the starting five is and then who, who's all is in the rotation? I know they're going to play up-tempo and a quicker pace or try to, 
and, and use the altitude to their advantage and, and to get more players into the games. But that, that'll be a fascinating thing to see how he uses such a deep roster this year. Yeah, it's and that's certainly a, a, a good quote-unquote problem to have if you're Jeff Lunder or any basketball team. But we talked about it a little bit last week, Ryan. I think Wyoming has the ability where they can play a lot of different ways. You know, they can play – they can play big. They can play somewhat small. They can obviously, you mentioned they want to run a little bit more, but they certainly with, with EK, they can certainly play the half court game. You know, I think with more depth, they could maybe do a little bit, maybe pressure a little bit more defensively if they, if they choose to. So that's exciting. But I think also Ryan, and whether it's football or basketball, you've seen this with Wyoming teams in the past where, you know, how does Jeff Linder and his staff, you know, manage these expectations. I'm sure, I mean, obviously you want to build a program to have these expectations, but, you know, talking at this time of year, obviously it means nothing. you got to prove it on the court. I know Jeff Linder has alluded to that with you and and, and at other times and stuff, but, you know, how do the players, you know, and, and I just get a sense right not being around them, but like reading your stuff as particular that, yeah, these guys are excited, obviously. Like they're at the point now where they just want to play a game. They don't care if they're playing the sisters of the poor. They want to play a game. They want to just play someone other than themselves, you know, but you know, will the you know will the will the expectations get to their heads a little bit? Will there be some letdowns? Will there be this? You know, I I don't know. That'll be an interesting thing to see how Jeff Lender and the staff manage it and how the players you know approach that. You know, because I think and again, I'm not trying to stereotype stuff. We've seen in with past Wyoming teams, football or basketball, where a lot of times where when expectations were high, things didn't always work out for for whatever reasons. You know, so. And, uh, you know, what happens if, you know, their non-conference schedule, Ryan, as you know, is, is pretty loaded for that matter. You know, they drop some games there that should make them better for the league race. But what's going to happen, you know, and what how will adversity, how will they handle adversity? You know, there there will be some, at least some, maybe more than some. I don't know. But how will that all play into this? But it does just even talking about things like that makes you excited to see how they're going to do it. You know, the, the excitement level for Wyoming basketball is great. Love to see it. A lot of credit to Jeff Linder and the players for creating that in such a short time. And let's just hope it's uh, it's everything that we're kind of hyping it up to be, so to speak. Yeah, I think the real challenge will be road games in the Mountain West. I think that'll be where they're really tested because San Diego State and Wyoming are going to get everybody's best shot because, you know, I think all the coaches know, you know, in terms of experience, talent, and depth, San Diego State and Wyoming are on a different level than everyone else. That doesn't mean Boise State can't challenge, you know, but they do lose three key starters and they're going to be breaking in, you know, a key new transfer and another high level freshman. So, you know, it's just interesting. I just think the consensus is that San Diego State is a, a top 20 team and Wyoming is also an NCAA tournament team. And then the rest of the Mountain West, you know, is an unknown like Wyoming was last year. I think. We think New Mexico is going to be good, but they need to prove that they can play defense. Uh, we think Colorado State is going to be good, but I, Isaiah Stevens, you know, an all-Mountain West preseason selection is going to be out for a while with a broken foot. And they are trying to replace David Roddy, one of the greatest players in, in program history. You know, at the bottom, I think it helps that, you know, Tim Miles has some nice pieces. Air Force obviously runs a style of play that can get anyone on any given night. Um, you know, and what this conference really needs beyond New Mexico being good and the pit being uh, the pit is UNLV to be good. And they've got about 10 new transfers to blend in. So, you know, they did a pretty good job with that last year, but 
You know, I think that's that speaks well to the Mountain West. That last year they had four teams in the NCAA tournament, and that was with New Mexico and UNLV, two of their flagship basketball programs rebuilding. So, uh, you know, it should be a wild ride. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, games are going to start here in a few weeks. You know, and uh, you know, it's it's going to be fun, Ryan. I'm looking forward to following you and following your coverage of this team. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'll be honest. It's probably been the first time for me in about 20 years, even though when you're covering a team, you don't have the same kind of anticipation as a fan. But I think I've ever looked forward. It's been a long time since I've looked forward to a Wyoming basketball season and this, but I certainly haven't given up hope on football. I'm I'm really excited and intrigued about what this football team does during this stretch run. You know, I think it, there could be some special, some pretty special moments, but I'm, I'm really curious to see what this football team does in the stretch run. Yeah, I think uh, it's really nice to have both programs relevant right now you know Wyoming football is still in the mix here you know this being homecoming weekend I have to you know plug our our book the border war book which is a nice history of you know not only Wyoming Colorado State but kind of a Wyoming football history or you know the black 14 book is also available you know just writing these books I've always thought that basketball is Wyoming's best sport all time historically you know obviously uh the kenny sailors book you know wyoming's guy invented the jump shot they won the national championship when the ncaa tournament was just getting going uh you know they've had great players and teams over the years i think that is their their best sport in terms of you know competing on a national level and that's what we're going to see if we can find out this year i know the football program obviously was you know one of the best in the country in the 60s but as old as we are, we didn't get experience even that, Robert. So, uh, you know, give give people a little plug on on buying our book for for goodness sakes. It's homecoming. Yeah, you know, it's uh, um, you know, our border war book on the history of the CSU Wyoming CSU uh, rivalries there. And as Ryan said, there's there's a lot of information about Wyoming football history, CSU football history you know, and things like that. Uh, they're at the University Bookstore. If you're that coming for homecoming, they're at the Brown and Gold Outlet in Laramie. They're at the University Bookstore in Laramie. If you're in Cheyenne, um, they're at the Brown and Gold Outlet location here. You get all the books, all of Ryan's books and our Border War book on Amazon. You, you know, download it to Kindle. Um, you know, it's, you know, I, I, even if you're just, obviously if you're a Wyoming fan, it's interesting. But if you're a college athletics fan, and the history of these events that Ryan wrote about, about Kenny Sailors, the inventor of the jump shot, uh, you know, the Black 14, one of the most historic uh, civil rights things that this state's ever seen. You know, Ryan's book on, on Wyoming baseball, you know, just fascinating reads. And granted, yeah, with a Wyoming tie to it, certainly, but it's it's history. If any college sports or any even history junkie we would just love these books because Ryan did such a good job of researching them and writing them and sourcing them and everything. So, you know, give, give them a read guys, you know, it's a good chance for homecoming, you know, get together and, and, and reminisce about memories. And then, you know, maybe Cowboys start making some new memories on, on homecoming. So uh, just encourage you to get out there, give them, give them a shout out. If you can't find them, you know, get in touch with Ryan and I, we can certainly hook you up with some stuff. So let us know and, and just hope you enjoy them. All right, Robert. Thanks for the time. We'll do it again next week. All right, Ryan. Thanks a lot.